0: Hello, and welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode.
1: Hey guys, this is Buddy C. We have Marla and Cindy and Terry and Kurt and Rob and Craig. I think that's everybody, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Welcome guys. Craig, would you like to just read for us today, being that uh, we're a little scattered?
2: Yep, just give two seconds, just two seconds so I get it up. All right, so 78th verse. So first translation, nothing in the world is as soft and yielding as water. Yet for dissolving the hard and inflexible, nothing can surpass it. The soft overcomes the hard, the gentle overcomes the rigid, Everyone knows this is true, but few compute put it to practice. Therefore, the master remains serene in the midst of sorrow. Evil cannot enter his heart because he has given up helping. He is people's greatest help. True words seem paradoxical. Second translation. Nothing under heaven is softer or weaker than water. And yet nothing is better for attacking what is hard and strong because of its immutability. The defeat of the hard by the soft, the defeat of the strong by the weak. This is known to all under heaven, yet no one is able to practice it. Therefore, in the words of the sage, it is said, he who bears abuse direct against the state is called lord of the altars for the gods of soil and grain. He who bears the misfortune of state is called the king of all under heaven. True words seem contradictory. Third translation, water is the softest and most yielding substance, yet nothing is better than water, for overcoming the hard and rigid, because nothing can compete with it. Everyone knows that the soft and yielding overcomes the rigid and hard, but few can put this knowledge into practice. Therefore, the master says, only he who is the lowest servant of the kingdom is worthy to become his ruler he who is willing to tackle the most unpleasant tasks is the best ruler in the world. True sayings seem contradictory. In the fourth translation, nothing is softer or more yielding than water, yet given time it can erode even the hardest stone. That's how the weak can defeat the strong and the supple can win out over the stiff. Everybody knows it, so why don't we apply it to our own lives? Lao Tzu used to say, Take on people's problems and you can be their leader. Deal with the world's problems and you can be a master. Sometimes the truth makes no sense.
1: Thank you, Craig. Thoughts, guys?
3: Just the usual Lao Tzu references to the importance and strength of water. How water sinks, not sinks, but rises to its lowest level. Y- a yielding and softness and strength at the same time because water's so powerful
1: it's deceiving isn't it because it, it appears to be very weak but yet it's very it's very powerful you know it, it it's uh it's just paradoxical in its nature uh I think that's why taoism uses water so much is because it's everywhere and it was an easy thing for people to see and relate to. Derek Lynn has some really good comments. Water appears to be the weakest and softest thing in the world. It always conforms to the shape of its container. Pour it into a bottle, it's a bottle. Pour it into a cup, it's a cup. Water is the ultimate symbol of the yielding and flexible aspect of the Tao. We only have to look around to see how water has carved ravines and canyons out of mountains all over the world. Water is the universal solvent. Nothing can replace it. The observation of water teaches us that despite a yielding, humble appearance, the weak overcomes the strong and the soft overcomes the hard. This is a principle that we can all understand, yet somehow we cannot put it into practice in real life. We still have a tendency to meet force with force. When someone yells at us, we yell back louder. When someone trespasses against us, we retaliate in full measure. How should we react to humiliation? To accept it calmly requires far more strength of character than to respond with hostility and aggression. Remember the power of water and let it guide you to yield and overcome. What happens when we encounter misfortune? If we can be like water, then we too will have the depth of character to contain difficulties and disappointments. Keep the lesson of water with you as you handle setbacks in your life. By embracing and seemingly the seemingly weak and soft, we gain personal power. This is a truth that, at first glance, appears contrary to expectations. Comments? I get the impression that water is quite patient. Water, water responds instead of reacts.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of times um, it, it endures most things. And it's like anything else in the doubt. It doesn't really resist.
1: It just goes. It goes, it goes wherever it wants to go. Where it goes, it yields. That's the difference. Uh, when we're attacked, we attack back. When we... You know, we respond with more power. We don't see the strength in yielding that uh, that water that water can show us. It's a real for me. If we look at the look at the translations, um, it talks about the, the strength of the master. He remains serene in the midst of sorrow. Evil cannot enter his heart. Because he has given up helping, he is people's greatest help. What would giving up helping mean? Maybe, I would think, giving up directing, giving up puppeting. You know what puppeting is, that's what I always like to do, is be in charge, but no one really know I'm in charge. Kind of stay behind the scenes, but yet control everything. That's my mode of operation to be the director. Is to be in charge and not uh, and not and no one know I'm really doing it. That kind of thing, pull the strings. That's what I always like to do. Uh, that's where my ego pops out, and then sit back and listen to everybody talk about how great it is, and no one know I was the one that did it. <laughs> I love that. My ego just goes crazy with that. Uh, it's
3: it's kind of like what nature does. It's it's in the background, but it's controlling everything quietly. <laughs> Yeah, Pretty but, much like God, God or nature.
1: Yeah, but that—that's how Buddy becomes God is by doing that kind of thing. I used to, I started and used to run an investment association, and I had an MC and all these other people, and we got a lot of people who came, and I just stand back in the back and listen to everyone talk about how great everything was, and I love it, and never say a word that I was the one that was behind it. You know, that was how my ego really liked to pop out. But uh, this idea of he has given up helping. Another translation of that was, he who is willing to tackle the most unpleasant tasks is the best ruler in the world.
3: Again, humility.
1: Yeah. Takes on people's problems, and you can be their leader. I suppose you can do that by leading by
2: example. Yeah? Not... not Give, giving up helping could be classes not interfering anymore just just going and doing doing the next right thing and other people will do the same i think a lot of people tend to have problems when they when they're trying to control things and then they're not relinquishing that control
1: well i don't i'm not able to look at references right now but you know this says that this is uh, uh that everyone knows this but yet no one puts this into practice and I, do we see that with other things other than this principle in the Tao? Have we seen other places where they said that same thing? I know yeah. they. Yeah. But this idea that no one does this, that's why it's a so difficult to talk about, because we really it's counterintuitive to our thinking is how is it that I can not fight back, but yet overcome? How and is turn
2: it? Yeah. Turn, turn down the cheek.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really about learning where our strength really is, right? We think our strength is in our response, right? That's uh, that's not where our real strength is, uh, but we find that out in recovery. Um, that's why we help another drunk. Who would who would think that would be strength to go help someone else? You would do that, you know, once you have your your mask on then you go help someone put their mask on right that's the way we're taught is that we take our effort to help us first and then once we're in good shape and everything's good with us then we go help someone else as if it's our effort that makes us better that's the way of water in my thinking instead i think what happens for me the way I put on my you know I'm, you know I'm talking about that analogy of the airplane you know and and there's no air no oxygen and you got to put on your air mask your mask first then you help someone else yeah and how, how people relate that to recovery. I think that um, that's not been my experience. My experience has been that uh, and if this is a spiritual solution, then my effort has to go to helping someone else and then my mask is on. I, I really don't know how it happens, but it just, it happens for me. It's not my effort is placed toward helping someone else. That's this way of water, you know, um, in my thinking it's a way of surrender powerlessness or what, what appears to be powerlessness, what appears to be, um, you know, I had someone ask the other day about surrender. So, so we never fight back. We don't, you know, you know, just, you know, the whole thing of, you know, when am I going to defend myself? When am I going to? I said, well, you can defend yourself anytime you want to. <laughs> is that going to make you happy? You know, is that where your strength really is? So that's, uh, that's part of this. So now we can do is describe this. We can't, uh, I mean, it is so, so counter to our thinking that it's hard to even get our head around how to really apply this principle in our life. We see glimpses of it. You know, we see glimpses when I help someone else, I'm helped. That's a glimpse of this. I think it's the idea that we don't fight back, that we return good for evil, that we, uh, that when someone attacks us, they're really attacking themselves. When we attack someone, they're a mirror. Our world is a mirror of what's going on inside of us. That's all part of this, too, in my thinking.
4: Looking at this and in my head, I'm replacing the word water with spirituality, and, and looking back at my program and how spirituality has you know, worked in my program, and, and in fact, it, it has been so yielding, and it, it was so hard to imagine at first, being spiritual or applying these principles—there's uh, so many of them—that you know it's overwhelming at first. And and the idea that water could erode stone—you know—it's like being in this program. There's just a the little drops of of spirituality daily seem to be adding up and, and becoming a power. But that's just how things have kind of worked for me. But you know, just reading this, I, I try to apply this, and you know, my my business, my recovery, in my home. And in my recovery, you know, I I definitely just see how my spirituality has been as yielding as water and now kind of permeates my whole being, if you will.
1: But thank you. That's good, Terry. Thank you. I was looking at page 84 and 85 in the big book. Uh, We cease fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we will recall from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we'll find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That's the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality. Safe and protected. We've not even sworn off. Instead, the problem's been removed. It does not exist for us. We're neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Just like you were talking about, Terry. In, in the Taoist stuff, in the Taoist thought, it would be uh, the effortless effort. It's still effort. It's still work, but it's in this place of ease and place of freedom it's in the place that they were taught they were describing the master not being in a place where the the master had to help out of his own power and his own ability i think is the difference just like the effort is not from our own abilities from a place of surrender it's a place of openness place of humility i like the um mm. I, I like the star
2: translation where he's talking about. Um, Why don't you read it for us, Craig? I don't have that open. Right. Yes. Okay. So his translation is: Nothing in the world is as soft and as yielding as water. Yet, for attacking the hard and strong, none can triumph so easily. It is weak, yet no one can equal it. it. Is soft, yet no one can damage it. Which I find quite, I find quite interesting. I just remember slapping water in the bath as a kid, and it always come back. It never goes anywhere. It just. it's like it doesn't have any any effect on it it is yielding yet none can wear it away everyone knows that soft overcomes the hard and the yielding triumphs over the rigid why then so little faith why can no one practice it so the sage says fulfill even the lowest position love even the weakest creature then you will be called lord of every offering and king of all below heaven which I think, is, I think relates quite well to what Terry was talking about, about the spirituality, replacing the walk with spirituality. I think that's a fantastic thing. Um, we often find that in recovery as well. If people are coming into AA, they have this kind of hang-up on God. They don't, want to, they don't want to go straight across their God thing. So we always say, let's replace it with something a bit more tangible. Um, like you have love, faith, hope, um, just something else that, that's, that relates to yourself. Uh, and I think... I think translating the, the the word water with spirituality um, is a fantastic idea in this. Uh, I found that a lot of times when I was when when I was struggling with my addiction, when I was struggling with with my alcoholism, I would find that by constantly thinking about not drinking and doing activities that didn't include drinking, I was always subconsciously thinking about drinking. So the idea was always there that I was—I was just constantly thinking about drinking. So I found it harder and harder and harder to do it. So I kind of flipped it around, and I started thinking about recovery. Started thinking about sobriety, and I started thinking about this—this—this this, this life of a purpose without, um, without bondage and a life of freedom. And I think that kind of relates to water as well, or the the idea of the, the water and the spirituality. And this, I think, if we if we just practice that side of thing. But like the the stronger side of things, than the 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 weaker side of our lives, like the addictions, they tend to wear away. It's almost as if we out as if we outlast them, which I think water would probably do against. You know, if you look at things like erosion, water usually outlasts something hard and immovable. It, it kind of eventually gets gets through to it.
1: Hey, Craig, could you substitute love for water? Nothing in this world is as soft and yielding as love. Huh. Wow. You know, that's the thing about a higher power in uh, in recovery. What I'm finding out is, you know, we always say it's not important what you believe in as long as you believe there's a God and it's not you. But I'm coming to the point where maybe it's that it's not important if I believe in anything as long as as I learn how to be powerless. I learn how to surrender. And I don't, most of us can't do that unless we believe there's some being or some power that we can put that trust in.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: what seems to me with all of this is that what's important is that we surrender without a doubt in AA, if we're talking about a 12 step based recovery, not a cognitive behavior recovery then for me, and this has been my experience, that what was important is that I have to surrender. That's for sure. So what I believe in really doesn't matter, or if I believe at all, as long as I can learn how to surrender, learn how to get out of the way. Because my problem is not a lack of belief. My problem is a lack of surrender. But yeah, it's interesting. I'd never thought about putting love in the place of water in this. That's powerful. Just like in the steps, you know, you can take the steps and do the same thing. You can say, came to believe that love could restore us to sanity, made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of love as we understood love, admitted to love ourselves and another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready for love to remove all these defects of character. Is that not what happens? We start loving people and our character defects come up and they get removed through this act of love. Humbly ask love to remove our shortcomings. Salt through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with love as we understand love. Praying only for the will of love in our life and the power to carry it out. (laughs) Uh, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry uh, this message and to practice to other alcoholics and to practice love in all our affairs. <laughs> Is that not powerful? Comments. Um, I was just saying you,
4: know, uh, you can practically plug any of the absolutes in that, and and, and that's really uh, pretty powerful. Actually, when you start doing that, and and I I found that true in a lot of things. You know, I mean. Comparing the you know this journey uh, that I find myself on with a little bit of uh, Buddhist, a little bit of Taoism, a little bit of Christianity, you know, I, I find it it's so easy to 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 balance these you know different uh, things and see how they all work. And like you're saying, buddy, any of it, yeah. You know, I mean, we need any of it, but all of it even works better, you know, uh, for me for this alcoholic. But, um, you know, I'm I'm just kind of struck by the analogy that we could plug in just about any of the absolutes there and, and compare them to water. And I wonder how that would relate throughout the Dow. Uh, I know it's something I'll
1: be looking at. Thank you. Well, anywhere that we see the Dow, we can we could replace that with love for sure. Because we, we think or personally, I think I can't speak for y'all. I speak, I think of this as a force of love. And the reason I do is my life's better when I love people, not when I hate people. So that would tell me that this force that I don't understand is somehow some positive force of love. So if that's the case, I, that's all I know. And someone was asking me the other day you know, they were debating some after death thing. And I said, I don't spend, waste my time even thinking about that stuff. I said, I want to, I want to hear what I can use right now. You know, I know my life's better when I love people. So I'm just going to do a lot more of that. And the rest of it will fall into place. So that's what this water's talking about. You know, and this is the thing about water too. Think about this. If you, if you try to fight water, Water does not fight back. It just keeps doing nature. It just keeps doing what's natural for it. And as it does what's natural, uh, which is to go to the, take the path of least resistance, to fill the low places. Um, you know, that's, that's like the ocean's the greatest body of water because it's the lowest. So that whole idea, you know, and, and somehow we can, and, and that really is, emulates love too because love takes the same approach water does so that's uh, that's good That's good yeah that is good any comments now, i've never seen water angry and fight back like oh that water's mad at I me mean, water doesn't get mad you know it just keeps going and doing no matter how many times you fight water what does it do it just goes takes its the path it does its natural thing
0: i'm also i'm also reminded of of you know, if you're relating water to love, um, I'm also reminded of, of, you know, a certain feeling or a certain emotion or trying to hold on to something. And you cannot do that with water. You, the more you grasp and try to hold on to water, it, it it's gone. It's, but if you, if you hold it gently and, and, you know, cup your hands, you can, you, you can, you know, drink from your hands or you can, you can, you can use it. And, um, and I don't know, I've just grasped, I've tried to hold on to things attached to things and, um, including love. And, um, it never seems to work out because I just don't, I, I don't cut it. I don't hold it loosely. I don't allow. So I, I don't know why that just keeps coming up and again and again in this whole thing. So had to share that.
1: That's good, Kurt. That's real good, actually. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. And it's interesting how water, you may use water, but water just changes form. It's always there. hmm You know, if it evaporates, it's going to come back. If we use it, it goes, you know, you can take you all, all your different analogies, but it doesn't disappear. It's always there in some form.
0: hmm Yes. What in the second in the second uh, translation? I think they mentioned immutability, which is it doesn't change.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Wayne Dyer, are you ready, Marla? Oh yeah. Wayne, he's um, very good in this. I thought we would spend. I I thought we'd be here a lot sooner. Uh, he's got a, some good stuff
3: does um in the interest of time i'm not going to read the verse again i'm going to skip the first paragraph water is as mysterious to us as the Tao is when you reach into the river and try to squeeze it tight you end up losing it all water is elusive unless until you cease grasping and let your hand relax and be one with it paradoxically you get it by letting go Lao Tzu advises emulating this element in all of its undecipherable and mysterious ways, even if it seems contrary to what your intellect and conditioning are telling you. Lao Tzu reiterates three themes that appear throughout his book. They are the true characteristics of water. One, uh, overcome the unyielding parts of your life by yielding. Hard and rigid are overcome by the relentless application of gentle things such as water soft flow or steady drip so be persistently gentle and willing to surrender and watch the watch the resistance of the harsh and implacable wear away this next part is true is that hits me in the heart for years one of my family members who insisted on damaging herself and her relationship by ingesting intoxicating substances has been met by my loving but firm response. Slowly over time, her hardness began to wear away in the face of the steady drip, drip, drip of gentle but resolute kindness, acceptance, and love. My belief is that people who suffer from addiction need to be treated with love and patience and understanding. Um, And I I know there's a lot of... uh, That's not how we're met. In the world, that's not how we're seen. We're we're seeing a shameful, you know, under the bridge with a you know, bottle in a bag. Um, you know, we're we're just fighting a disease. It can be discouraging at times, but as Lao Tzu points out in this verse, we must act just like water and use a soft approach for attacking the hard and unyielding. Nothing can just sus- nothing can surpass it. Two, water appears to be something you could easily overpower. However, it's so flexible that once you push it out of the way, it will find its own level below all strong things and patiently enter where nothing solid can block its resting place. Three, water is so soft that it can't be harmed, damaged, or destroyed. It simply returns to its source to be used over and over again. Yeah. When you stay soft and surpass the hard, you too will be indestructible. Reread verse 43 of Living Soften. There's nothing softer than water under heaven, yet there's nothing that can surpass it for overcoming the hard. There's so much wisdom to be found in this analogy. Stay in your soft mode. Hang back when you're about to show how hard you can be. Try patience rather than attempting to rigidly control. Trust your innately gentle self. Um, Change the way you look at strength versus weakness. See that stereotypes of rigid, hard, forceful, cocksure, and dominant aren't attributes of strength at all. In fact, these qualities will lead you to be suppressed and overpowered by softness, or what you've called weakness. Change the way you look at all of this and watch your world change. When you begin to admire and emulate those who stay weak and pliable, you'll see the true strength in yourself as a person of the Tao. Give up interfering and helping. Opt instead to instead, stream like water, gently, softly, unobtrusively, wherever you're needed. Be soft like water. Like water, flow everywhere there's an opening rather than attempting to dominate with your forcefulness. Soften your hard edges by being more tolerant of contrary opinions. Interfere less and substitute listening for directing and telling. When someone offers you their viewpoint, try responding with, I've never considered that before. Thank you. I'll give it some thought. Which is what namaste means. (laughs) Do the Tao now. Do a meditation today in which you picture yourself as having the same qualities as water. Allow your soft, weak, yielding, fluid self to enter places where you previously were excluded because of your inclination to be solid and hard. That would be a hard meditation. Flow softly into the lives of those with whom you feel conflicted. Picture yourself entering their private inner selves seeing perhaps for the first time what they are experiencing. Keep this image of yourself as gently coursing water and watch how your relationships change. That's how you change your world.
1: I read this with Zach E. You know, we me and him talk we we talk about these on Wednesday and when we did this one, we came up with uh I think I did a Facebook post even um Thank you for sharing your viewpoint with me today. I will give that some thought. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. This idea of when we send love or we ask how we can love someone or how we can put, get love into a relationship or how, how can I love this person today? That's exactly what we're doing. We're doing this when, when we ask that
3: question. I think this meditation is asking us to put ourselves in, in the person's life who we are conflicted with just to sit there for a minute and say, well, where are they coming from mm-hmm. in order to respond in a softer, more loving way? So just to be more understanding yeah. and soft rather than conflicting with them. It's very hard when you're in quarantine with the same person for two months
1: Well, you know, and this is the thing, too. It goes back to that idea of going where you're being pushed Mm. and not fighting. You know, it's the same kind of thought that we that we don't fight. And that's what, you know, page 84 said in the big book was, we quit fighting anyone and anything, even alcohol. That we came to this place of neutrality. That reminds me so much of water and so much of love's response to everything. It's the exact same response. That's good.
3: That's it's good. a re, it's a very strong response. It's something in my experience I have to practice is switching my um, underlying anger, and I'm not sure what it's about, but towards loving. It's been a it's been a lesson and challenging these past few months or weeks, however long we've been here, yeah. is trying to remain loving when. It feels like the, you know, nature's playing a cruel trick on us that we have no control over. Scary. But love is, love can win out for sure.
1: Yes, it can. Uh, it helped. We, we had a, I was reading the uh, Love is Letting Go of Fear book, Jopowski. There was an idea there about acceptance that I thought was really good and very applicable. Uh The, um. Uh, The idea is that for us to accept, not only do we accept the people as they are, if we can get to the point that we would not change them, even if we could, that really lowers all resistance to the, and I thought, there's no way I can do that. And there was some little something, I don't even remember exactly what it was that my wife did that, you know, I would not try to correct her, but I said, that's okay, I tolerate and that would be my level of acceptance was toleration. <laughs> and I said, okay, I said, I'm going to try it. So I I don't, I, I wish I remember. It was some little like quirk with the TV, some odd she did. You know I mean? Little things. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to, um, I wouldn't even change that about her if I could. I'm just not even, I wouldn't even do that. And me just saying that gave me this level of acceptance I didn't even have like, there was resistance there that, uh, that I didn't even realize was there. So it was, it's crazy how just some little bitty shifts we can do will make some major differences.
0: And I think I I would agree with Marla where, I mean, this is a true practice, just like meditation or prayer, any number of things we do or try to do on a daily basis, because I mean, I'm going to come up short some days. I'm going to, uh, you know i just i just discovered a new defect and it's not new but it's new to my awareness and 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 i've always prided myself in in my stubbornness because i get things done with my stubbornness i don't give up i don't quit kind of thing but there's there's a shadow side to that and the shadow side is wanting to be right and and exercising my you know my control, or you know things should be this way, and do do I really know? Do I really know how they should be and and you know, like Wayne Dyer says, you know it's about surrender and but but you know, the way I grew up it was it was very um you know you 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 had to fight, you know, it was very um masculine kind of kind of world I lived in, and then with my parents being they wanted to control everything because they thought they knew the best. And then I would go and I would have to, I, it, it was just, it was, it was a really hard way to, um, it, it was all about control my whole life. So, so letting some of this stuff go and letting things flow is, is perceived weak, even, you know, in my family structure and, and where I grew up. And so it's, I'm, it's a practice for me to let go of these things. You know, if that makes if that makes sense. It's but, but it's a better way, isn't it, uh Kurt? Oh man, there's more peace. There's there's more honoring of 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 my my individuality, things I didn't, you know, I can never really truly be myself, nor did I know what, what myself or who who I was uh for years, for decades. And so being able to allow and like, oh wow, I like I like this. Huh. I never knew I liked this. Oh, wow. I don't really like that so much. And just allowing stuff instead of trying to, trying to be something I'm not. And I mean, there's a whole long list of that, those things, but, but allowing it, allowing it to flow is, uh, man, it, it brings peace for sure.
1: Living in, you don't have to live in that fight anymore. My life was a constant right. fight. About something,
0: you know? Yeah. And look at the look at also the friction that it causes in relationships. That's the tough thing.
5: I agree with what you're saying, Kurt. There was something that Marla read and I don't remember it now, but it was about just letting things flow and it just really struck me about my day yesterday. Um sorry. So when I got the phone call that my friend had died, I was in Costco with my daughter. Um, and I lost my shit in Costco with my daughter collectively together. And I've been very struck by the fact that, you know, when I was a kid growing up, like it was like you could grieve for a certain amount of time and you could grieve where you were or like in private, but not publicly embracing your child in the middle of Costco crying Um, Which, by the way, if you do that, social distancing will occur very quickly because people will be like, I got to go to a different aisle. Um, But, you know, it was just how we felt and we just let ourselves feel it. I mean, obviously, we collected ourselves and we finished doing what we were doing and then got in the car and cried some more. But it just has struck me for the last 24 hours that I have the ability as a parent to let her grieve and to let that flow in a way that I was not raised to do. And that that's a gift. To be there for her and to be present and to let her feel and to let me feel. That's
1: all I have. Thanks, Cindy. Uh, Tina, do you have anything before we close?
6: I've just been taking it all in and appreciating um, the different perspectives. I mean, because it is such a versatile, i mean water is such a versatile thing in, in the concept of it and replacing it with with love and with all of you know um i just think like there's so many takeaways from here it's really overwhelming um and you know it's it's kind of reminding me to to just kind of let let things be where they're at because it's just what they're going to be um mm. i was a little i was a little stumped about um about water being, I think about, well, you know, the rules and things inflicted upon us. Well, what if they guide the water this way and what if they guide the water that way? And so then all of those questions I was asking just reminded me, Oh, that's just been where you flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is not a good, not the answer I want right now, because like you were saying earlier, buddy, about, well, when do we say, I don't want to flow this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and as with anything, excepting people where they're at, my mom where she's at, my children where they're at, um, you know, it it goes again. I think, well, no, I can, you know, the water should be going this way, but I have to just let it be where it flows. And even if that means our parameters are going to be having us flow to the north instead of the south, or a dam is built, or that's still out of my control because I'm just the water. mm mm-hmm. But the water's so big, so it's hard. It's it is. It's in one breath, it's one way, in the other breath, it's it's so. It's just the water, but then it, the water's everything. So, it. I have a lot. I have a lot to think about here with this one, and I just appreciated it and listening and, um, yeah. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Tina. You know, one you. thing that you reminded me of with your comments was how water. The humility involved, we talked about that a little bit, but it always flows to the lowest place. Always, always. And how many times have you came into to like, you had something leak and you weren't, you said, oh crap, look, it's everywhere. And it goes back under everything. It goes, and you know, it would do that to anyone's house, no matter how good they were, how bad they were. It reacts the same way with everyone. And uh, I think it's just interesting when we think about how water does not take sides. It's not uh, aggressive. It's not passive aggressive. (laughs) I mean, none of them. Right,
6: right. You know, and that that also reminds me, I was thinking about one of the other chapters where the water, you know, when you said it goes to the lowest place, that it all ultimately ends in the ocean. Mm -hmm. And the rivers and everything, when we were talking about that months ago and it's just it's also in the same breath of you know when you said you don't you know you don't worry about what you know the afterlife or where we're ultimately going or where we're going to be and I thought yes that's typically how I like to live my life when I know somebody like Cindy Cindy I'm sorry for your loss when I when I think about somebody who has passed and that's the only thing sometimes we have to hold on to is I had a friend pass of cancer recently and you, that was the same stage as I, when we both got diagnosed and she left two little boys behind. And I can, all I can think is, well, you know, maybe she's in a better place. Is my It was look comforting to me. And so that's in the instance that I do have to think about where we go. Because I've never, again, gave it, you know, I try not to worry myself about that. Um, but when it's a need, then I do. And so that can kind of also go with the ocean thing. You know, we all kind of, you know flow into the same place but we're all connected so yeah when you brought that up that's i think that's a huge huge one too about the other things that the dao has said about water you can kind of put all the pieces together and um
1: i like that idea about that you were talking about that you know the ocean's the largest body because it's the lowest and it continually continually gives back to the rest of the earth to all the other bodies of water to all the other places it gives back continually uh, just like water does you know that's how water works you know and it evaporates and goes and goes through the water cycle and all of that but it's continually giving continually giving
6: and then that reminds me the last thing i wanted to say was um the concept of water and how the world is made mostly of water and our bodies are made mostly of water um, but we may not see it because sometimes we miss the forest for the trees and we don't see the entire ocean and we don't see the water in our body. We just know it's there. And um, I think that might have have some significant meaning to all this, that it's always there. We, we just don't, we take it for granted or we don't really know it. It's always there to be tapped into.
1: Yeah, that's good, Tina. Thank you. Thank nor, you.
0: Nor do we see the love from other people or what that we can receive right. give you know
1: yeah so. and then you know and love doesn't get offended you know all those things from what corinthians 13 about love you know can apply to water when you think about it you know that love does not get offended it's not you know all those mm-hmm. things that go along all yeah. the character traits are there so mm-hmm. that's good thank you thank you tina Kurt. Mm-hmm. Cindy, everybody, any other comments before we close? Yes, Terry. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just thinking about something I used early in recovery. I still use today
4: was the idea that I'm being pulled along by the uh, by the absolutes, uh, and, and I use it in just about every doorway I go through. I see the word pull, and I change it to P U H L, and, and that allows me to kind of remind myself of, of the, you know, uh, to be genuine, honest, unselfish, and loving. Uh, but, you know, that's just some a trick I've used that's really worked well for me is uh, the idea of being pulled along by those principles.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Terry. That's good. Anyone else before we close? All right, guys. Well, thank you all for a great meeting